Aloha. We're glad you've joined us for this Reunion Hawaii Church podcast. These teachings by our pastoral team are recorded live during our weekly services in Honolulu, Hawaii. We hope you will be blessed by this teaching. Man, there is freedom in this place. But I, can I tell you, the Lord wants to bring more freedom tonight. Oh, you guys are going to be mad at me because I'm going to ask you to stand. You guys are going to be so mad at me. Listen, listen. The Lord wants to come in hot right now. I'm serious. He, I feel like he wants to come in hot. He wants to have fun. And one of the biggest things that the Lord always tells me, and you'll hear me say this all the time, whether you're out on the streets with me or here, is if, if we're not having fun, we're doing it wrong. And, and so he wants to start off by having fun right now. He wants to have fun right now. And, I, and he wants to start with those who came and they needed something from the Lord. And I believe already some people have got some things from the Lord, but he wants to bless you more because he desires in blessing his children. And so he wants to start with healing in the room. He wants to start with healing in the room. So if anybody around you, if you could raise your hand, if you need healing, whether it's your back, your tooth, your eyeball, your pinky toe, it doesn't matter how big or small. I want you to, uh, if it's okay with that person, put your hand on them and we're going to begin to pray over those individuals and healing is going to come into the room right now. You don't need to ask them what they need healing for. You could just begin to pray. Just begin to open your mouth right now and begin to pray. I'm going to pray with you guys. So Holy Spirit, I just thank you for this moment that you're desiring to have fun with us. You're desiring to bless us and you're going to bless us in the ways that we've been crying out for and the ways that we've been longing for. So I just release healing from this platform even right now in Jesus name. Would you come like a fresh wind and blow on the individuals who need healing? They've been crying out for you day after day. In the middle of the night, they've been having aches and pains in their bodies. They've been in torment in their minds. So I just declare and decree that it's broken off in Jesus' name right now. I partner with every individual who's laying hands on someone. They will leave set free. Today is the day. Tonight is the night. They will leave set free in Jesus' name. Can we just give them a praise really quick? Now, if you just got prayed for, thank you, Jesus. If you just got prayed for and you felt a physical manifestation in your body, I need you to raise your hands. I need you to raise your hand if you felt anything in your body. Okay, we got one up here in the front. We got one over there in the back. We got another one over here. Thank you, Jesus. Can I tell you that means that the Lord is doing something right now, but he's still not done. Stay standing. Don't get tired on me now. Don't get tired on me. Stay standing. Thank you, Jesus. What's going on there? Something's going on with the hand. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Pain is completely gone? And her thumb. Her pain is completely gone in her thumb. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, God. This is awesome. This is awesome, guys. I, I, like sometimes you just want to be like, God, you're so, you're so awesome. Today I want to talk to you guys about my pride. Is that okay? That sounds a little spicy. I want to talk to you about my pride. Like what, who does that? It's not even real. If, if I had to put a subject, this is where the pastor goes. If I had to put a title on the subject, it would be this. Uh, it, but if I had to put a subject, it would actually be called high-low. The higher you go, the lower you need to stay. The higher you go, the lower you need to stay. I want to I bring you into some of my embarrassing moments, and hopefully you find yourself in some of these prideful moments. 
uh, when I was an athlete, I was super prideful and uh, I was good. I was good. I was competing with a lot of the athletes on the East Coast and CrossFit and powerlifting. And I just felt like I didn't need help from anyone. And uh, I just was very boastful, very arrogant. And then one day I herniated my L4, L5 disc in my lower back. And I was basically a cripple for the next three years. And I can, can I tell you, all that pride and like arrogance went out the window because <laughs> now I needed help. I needed help, and, and, and that was a horrible, horrible season for my life because I could do nothing. I felt like I was just finished, and guess what? My weightlifting career was finished. Um, this next one I'm about to tell you, try not to hold on to this one until the end of the message because there's going to be a little caveat, but uh, I'm going to be very open. Uh, I, I slept with more women than I could put on two sides of paper, and that's not to boast because I would always tell my wife today, I'm like, man, I don't know how I made it out without catching an STD. Like, that's crazy. Until a month before we got married, I found out that I had an STD. Could you imagine? A month before you're about to get married, you hadn't slept with anyone in a long time. And you find out. What kind of trauma would that be like on your honeymoon? <laughs> Don't hold on to that one for the rest of the message. There's going to be some. <laughs> I can recall mo moments sitting in the seats just like you guys. And I'm like, man, I should be up there. I should be the one speaking. Yeah, I think I could do better than that. Oh, I know you guys don't do that, though. <laughs> When's my time? <laughs> When's my time? When am I going to speak? I can actually even recall a moment asking my pastor, hey, pastor, I got a word for the church. My wife is there. She just said yes. And he's like, yeah, no, it's not your time. I'm like, what are you talking about, big time? I got a word. He's like, no, it's not your time. I'm talking about prideful moments here, guys. Or the times I would share with everyone that someone got healed so I could bring the attention to me. Ooh. Let me just call some up real quick. You're not going to believe what happened. It was beyond excitement. It was because I wanted you to know about me. I wanted you to see me. I didn't want you to see God. Like, it sounded like I wanted you to see the Lord, but it's the heart posture. The heart posture. Or the times that people said, hey, Shane, you need to stop making people your project. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not trying to make nobody my project. Well, the truth of the matter is, is I always wanted a disciple. I wanted to disciple someone so it could look like, yeah, that, these are my disciples. <laughs> you see all these guys right here? Yeah, I raised them up. That's not pride, though. Or the times in business where I just wanted to look so good. I wanted to have the best car. I wanted my wife to have everything she wanted. I wanted, I didn't need no help from nobody. Nobody, I don't need help from you. Like everybody's screwed me over. I don't need no help from you. So I, I got this, I do this all by myself. Who taught you that? No one. I've learned all by myself. The truth of the matter is, is I've learned basically all by myself. But I would say that so I could be like, yeah, I don't need you. I don't need you. Well, how do you do everything so quick and so fast? Oh, I'm just good. I'm just good at what I do, baby. <laughs> pride. Lots of pride. <laughs> Matthew 16, 25 says, For if you choose self-sacrifice and lose your lives for my glory, you will continually discover true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, you will forfeit what you try to keep. 
If you choose to keep your life for yourself, you will forfeit what you try to keep. Sounds a lot like me. For even if you were to gain all the wealth and power of this world at the cost of your own life, what good would that be? And what could be more valuable than your soul? I, the son of man, will one day return with my messengers in the splendor and majesty of my father, and then I will reward each person according to what they have done. You see, I've, I was losing myself. I lost my soul. So I know what that's like to feel completely depleted in my soul. Have you ever been to a place where you're just like, man, I just need something. I need something. I don't know what it is. I got to go on another vacation. I can't, I can't stay here no more. I got to go to a hotel. I got to go sit by the pool. And then you leave and then you get back home and you're back to square one. Like nothing happened. Nothing changed. You didn't go there to spend time with the Lord like you said you were going to do. <laughs> and, uh, and if you did, you definitely didn't get what you wanted out of it. You just felt so depleted in your soul. In Thessalonians, it, it says to make sure that your spirit, soul, and body are completely flawless. So your soul can't be out of whack and your spirit be soaring. What does that even mean? How is that possible? He says that it should be completely flawed. That's another message. Can't go there right now. But I, I started to realize, I'm like, man, something is not right. My soul is depleted. I feel like I got nothing. I have this money. I have the things I want, but I have nothing. Let's be careful that we're not self-serving ourselves to get to where we want to. The word hubris means excessive pride or self-confidence. I bet you some of you are just like so confident in yourselves. If you've, if you've met me and you've hung around with me, I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty confident, right? And sometimes I have to be like, shoot, am I too confident? Like, I don't know what's going on. Um, but he's talking about excessive, excessive. Like, it's above the top to the point where... It's, it's everyone around you can kind of start to notice there's a blind spot here. There's a blind spot. I want to share with you some stories from the word of God because that's, that's what I, I'm supposed to do, right? Um, <laughs> so I'm going to share with some stories and I, I pray that you really allow this to resonate and look at yourself. Don't think about anybody else next to you. This is about what the Lord wants to deliver to you. King Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 4.30, he says, The king said thoughtfully, Is not this great Babylon which I myself have built as a royal residence in seat of government by the might of my power and for the honor and glory of my majesty? There's a problem in here. There's a lot of mys. <laughs> he said, like, my splendor, my honor, my glory, my majesty. I've built this royal residence for myself. You know what ends up happening to this guy? It says in Daniel 4.32, and you will be driven away from mankind and your dwelling place will be with the animals of the field. You will be given grass to eat like cattle and seven periods of time will pass over you until you without any doubt, well, no, let me go back moving too fast, will pass over you until you know, this is the, the caveat, without any doubt that the most high God rules over the kingdom of mankind and he bestows it on whomever he desires. Now that's interesting because as I continued to read on, I noticed that there was a similarity in King Belshazzar. 
In Daniel 5.20, it says, but when his heart was lifted up and his spirit became so proud that he behaved arrogantly. I don't know if you guys have ever been in this place where you behaved arrogantly because you were so proud. Most of the time, we don't catch it because we, we don't think we're prideful. Pride, there's a blind spot there. When someone says you're prideful, nine out of ten times, you're going to be like, you serious? Like, oh, or I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't see that in myself because it's a blind spot. And I'm going to show you in the word of God how you identify where pride is. It says, but when his heart was lifted up and his spirit became so proud and he became, he became so arrogant, he was deposed from his royal throne and his glory, keyword his glory, was taken away from him. He was also driven from mankind and his mind was made like that of an animal. Here's two jokers made like an animal. <laughs> What's going on here? Like, Lord, don't make my mind like an animal. That's pretty, that's pretty serious. And his dwelling place was with that of wild donkeys. He was given grass to eat like cattle, and his body was wet with dew of heaven until he came to know, in parentheses, this is the amplified version, without any doubt that the Most High God rules over the kingdom of mankind, and he appoints it to whomever he wills. So there's, there's a similarity here. It says both times in the amplified, without any doubt. So God was trying to make an emphasis. He's like, y'all about to know that I'm God and I did this and you didn't do this on your own. You ever been to, in a place where you, even in the workplace where you felt like, yeah, you know, I did this. I did this. I, I worked hard to get here and surely you did. But do you know that all authority comes from God? He promoted you. You may have done your part, but he did the rest. So that, that authority, that position. So what I'm trying to say is, is there a possibility that even in this place, you became arrogant and prideful and you were like, I did this. I did this. God, we do everything unto the glory of God. Everything that we do. But sometimes I think we could get into these moments where we don't necessarily give him the glory. I mean, we see it, the examples here. It says that it was his glory, not God's glory, little h, his glory. That's where we get that thing. It was like, oh, I don't want to take his glory. You know what I mean? says it right here it was his glory and I can recall many times myself where I wanted the glory you know those moments when you ask uh you you tell someone someone got healed or they got delivered or uh you gave someone money or you're you're supposed to actually feed the homeless and don't tell anybody if you really want to check your heart you go and feed them but you want to go and tell someone I just gave someone 20 bucks on the side of the road oh my god <sighs> 20 bucks I can't believe I gave him 20 bucks Man, if you would have kept that to yourself, you would have been all right. You know what I mean? The Lord might have been pleased. But now you're trying to get a little bit of glory because you're like, I don't give nobody 20 bucks. You know what I mean? They're going to go out and do drugs with it or something. You know? It's crazy. Uh, but, you know, okay, so some of you might be saying, okay, well, Shane, you're talking Old Testament. God was a little crazy. You know, he was, you know, he's making people drop dead. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about New Testament. Let's talk about the parable of the rich fools. In Luke 12, 16, it says, Jesus then gave them this illustration. A wealthy landowner had a farm that proceeded, uh, produced crops. Every year, the harvest was so great, it filled his barns to overflowing. He thought, what should I do now that every barn is full and I have nowhere else to store more? I know what I'll do. I'll tear down the barns and build one massive barn to hold up all my grain and goods. 
then I could just sit back, surrounded with comfort and ease. I'll enjoy life with no worries at all. I don't know about you, that sounds pretty good. Ain't looking, none of y'all flinching, you're like, this is set up. <laughs> I know y'all, some of y'all ready for retirement right now, you know what I mean? Like, that sounds pretty good. Like, I'm just going to sit, I'm, I've worked hard. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to relax. But God says to him, what a fool you are to trust in your riches and not in me. This very night, the messengers of death will demand to take your life. Then who will get all the wealth you have stored up for yourself? The same thing will happen to all those who fill up their lives with everything but God. Ouch. I was just trying to chill for a second big time. <laughs> I was just trying to relax and sit on the couch. I, I worked hard for my money. But the Lord is saying, like, listen, it's not just about you and what you've done. There's, there's an inheritance that you possibly need to leave behind. There's still work to be done. The Lord is a, a God of reciprocity. He wants more. He's a God that is always increasing. He don't want you to stop right there. That's it. That's it. You're just going to sit back and relax and call it a day. There's so much more for you. There's so much more. But let's not forget Satan. Satan was the most prideful of them all. Listen, I, can't, I don't even need to go into that story. You guys got it down. You guys got that? You, you guys, are, everyone knows who Satan is, right? All right, amen. So, so I want to, I you, you might be thinking to yourself, okay, so we're talking about pride a little bit, but like, how do, I, how do I catch this in my life? How do I know if I have pride in my life? Because I'm going to tell you, I have had so many people tell me that I was prideful many times where, uh, I just kind of looked at them like they were crazy, and I was like, yeah, that's their pride. <laughs> y'all laughing, y'all do the same thing. <laughs> Prideful, yeah, they lost their mind. And then there's other times where, as, you, as I begin to mature in Christ, I have to say to myself, okay, thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And if there is an area of pride, like, can, can you tell me where? What do you see? And say, okay, thank you for sharing that. I may, I still in that moment may not understand like where that's coming from. I'm like, man, I, I really don't see that. So I'm going to take it to the Lord and I'm going to say, okay, I, I'm going to need you to show me because I don't see it. I don't see it. In fact, I might, I might even ask my wife. I'm going to say, hey, listen, babe, um, this person said I was prideful. Do you think I'm prideful in that? Because listen, you, the person closest to you, they may have not have told you, but they'll tell you if you ask them. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, I might have to ask her. And, uh, and still, even if she says, if she says no, I still might have to take that to the Lord and say, okay, like, is there pride there? Like, is she missing it? Because I want to hear from you. I want to know directly from you. In Proverbs 8.13, catch this. Wisdom pours into you when you begin to hate every form of evil in your life. For that's what worship and fearing God is all about. Here we go. Then you will discover that your pompous pride and perverse speech are the very ways of wickedness that I hate. This is Proverbs 8, 13. Look, it just gave us something here. It just gave us like a, a huge nugget. We got to make sure we catch this. Wisdom pours into me when I begin to hate every form of evil in my life. Okay, so I, at some point in time, I, I need to be seeking the Lord and I need to be asking him, 
Like, will you open up the eyes of my heart? Will you show me who I am? Because there's some things in there that I think is disgusting. I don't like it. And I need to know. I need to know. Because if I'm not doing that, there's a big chance that wisdom is not going to pour into me. And at the same time, how am I going to ever identify that there's pride? Because it tells me right here, for that's the worship and, and f- that's what worship and fear in God is all about. It says, then I will discover that my pompous pride and perverse speech are the very ways of wickedness that he hates. So what ended up happening with me is I began to... I began to ask the Lord, would you show me what's inside of me? Would you go into the rooms of my heart? Would you unlock the things in my heart that I don't even know is there? And when you reveal it to me, will I not get prideful or say, no, 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 that's the devil. I got to remember that I even asked the Lord to go into those rooms and check me. But what ends up happening is we start to sing these songs, take it all away. And then the next day, it's like, Everything starts falling apart, and, oh, man, the devil is messing with me today. Man, I I got a flat tire, and, you know, I lost my wallet, and, oh, man, my wife is just annoying the daylights out of me. But wait a second. You just asked the Lord to take it all away, and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm taking some things away. But then we start blaming the devil, and we, like, we meant that when we sang it in our heart. We meant it, and it was like, I'm trying to show you something. But we're so quick to give the devil all this credit. And the Lord is like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take you to this next degree, this next level, but you still haven't caught it. You still haven't caught it. You provide the fire. Well, how's the rest of it go? And I'll provide the sacrifice. What sacrifice? He provided the fire. He provided the fire. Ah. Oh. Can't say amen, say ouch. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's trying to open up our eyes. He's trying to open up our eyes in this area. And I believe that this, this is not just a word for reunion. It's a word for the body of Christ. Because the higher we're going, for some of us, the more pride that starts to creep in. It's easy, y'all. I'm telling you right now. I'm in a season of my life where I've, I've been receiving more favor than I've ever received in my entire life. I've been receiving more open doors to go and speak places. And listen, y'all, I'm not an expert at this. I'm not a master at anything thing I don't know what I'm doing I don't know what I'm doing all I know is is when the Lord gives me something I might write a few notes down and I get up here and I share it with (laughs) y'all I'm serious like I don't know what I'm doing but it's easy to get prideful in these moments because I'm like oh yeah I got invited to London I got invited to Australia I got invited to Nigeria oh yeah I'm gonna go there but what's the point of even just like getting all prideful about this for I ain't got no money I ain't got no money. I can't, I can't just get there. I got to stay humble because I'm like, listen, I need to ask people for help to get to these places. You know what I mean? And so I'm coming from a place of understanding where I'm telling you it's easy to get prideful the higher that you go. doesn't matter if it's in ministry. doesn't matter if it's in church. It doesn't matter if it's in the, uh, I said ministry and church is the same thing. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's in ministry or work. You know, it doesn't matter if it's in, I don't know, some of you are in the military, which is probably the worst nightmare working your ranks, uh, your way up the ranks in the ladder. Like there's so much pride in those places. It doesn't matter. The Lord is going to teach you how to stay low. And I'm going to talk about the low side right now. Jesus 
who is a perfect example of staying low. He's a perfect example of staying low. He never defended himself. I didn't say he was passive now. Don't, 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 don't hear that. But he didn't need, have this need to, to like when someone said something, he, I need to say something back to you and let you know what I'm, what I'm feeling inside. Like I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. He never felt that way. He never felt that way. He was moved with compassion. Everything he felt was with love. He had a purpose behind what he was saying. I can't say that for myself. Listen, sometimes I don't have no purpose for what I'm saying. And you got to go back and be like, oh, Jesus. I just argued with my wife and now it's going to be a whole day. We ain't going to talk the whole day, the whole day. We're using more energy, <laughs> more energy than we need to. But there's a parable of the wedding feast in Luke 14. I love, I love this scripture because Jesus is talking about people coming to uh, this wedding feast and everyone is trying to gather around this table and they're trying to choose a seat of honor. And Jesus says, don't, don't do that. Don't choose a seat of honor because if you choose a seat of honor, someone can come in and actually take you from that seat and put you in a lesser seat. It's better to choose the lesser seat so that someone can put you in the higher seat and then they can exalt you. It's actually a perfect image of allowing God to exalt you in his timing, allowing him to raise you up in his timing. He's going to use people to do that. He's going to use people to do that. But are you going to wait? Some of us, we just, we just know, like, I'm ready for a promotion. Listen, I'm not telling you to go and ask for a promotion. I'm not telling you to, listen, if you need a raise, go in there and do that. But check your heart. It's all a heart posture. It's all a heart posture. And so I love that. And that's in Luke 14. Jesus condemns the unrepented cities in Luke 10, 15. He says, do you really think you'll be highly exalted because of the great things I have done here? No, you'll be brought down to the depths of hell because of your rejection of me. What? Is it possible that we're actually rejecting him in these moments when we're putting ourselves in these places of pride and we're exalting ourselves? And we got to catch it. The Lord is, is humbling people. He's humbling cities. Like, that's deep. I don't, I, how many of y'all want to be humbled by the Lord? <laughs> whoa, whoa. You guys are, I love you. I said, how many of you want to be humbled by the Lord and people raise their hands? You guys, you guys are the real ones. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be humbled by the Lord, but, you know, but he, let, listen, listen. That was really good. I love that you raised your hand because he's a good father and he corrects those that he loves. So I don't know if you knew why you were raising your hand or not, but amen. <laughs> That's really good. He says, man, if they would humble themselves and repent and turn from their sins. This is basically what he's saying. Like, would you humble yourself, repent, and turn from your sins? You know, sometimes as Christians, we, we still don't think we need to repent. Like, we just still sometimes, I think, as a body of Christ, we think we, we got it going on. And there's, there becomes like the higher you go, the less repentance there is. But no, 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 the higher you go, I think sometimes there might be more repentance there is. Because you start to notice some things bubbling up inside you that you're like, man, where did this come from? Why am I feeling this way? There's like more competition the higher up you go or something. It's like, where, where did this switch come from? And they're like, no, it's been inside you this whole time. I just need you to deal with it at this level. You're ready to deal with it. It's time for that thing to be refined inside of you. Yeah. And first Peter, 
uh, five, five, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Mm. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. What? This is everything we're talking about. This is everything we're talking about. Being humble. Oh, my gosh. Help me, Holy Spirit. It says that he will resist you when you're proud. He will resist you when you're proud. You know when you're proud and he's resisting you, the way that he comes back in is when you invite him. Is when you invite him. He's such a good father that he will not sit at the table with you when you're proud and when you're arrogant and you're just flying off the hinges. This is, I love this with Bill Johnson. He goes on and he says, There's a, if there was a dove on your shoulder and you just started cussing like crazy or you flinched for a second, where do you think that dove's gonna go? He's gonna fly away. And I never said that the Lord left you, He just will not partake in that with you until you invite Him back in. So if I'm sitting at a table with my family and we're having dinner and I begin to lash out at my children because I'm angry at them and I'm flying off the walls, that the Lord is, the Holy Spirit is grieved in that moment. I did not need to respond in that way. So this is what he showed me. He's sitting at the table with us because we invite him. You know, we pray before every meal. No, we don't. Um, we, we. <laughs> You know, but when we invite him at the seat at the table, what ends up happening is he gets up and he pushes his chair back in and he waits for me to invite him back at the table because he doesn't want to partake in those moments. He's a good father. He's a good father. He's like, I got to stand up. Man, that hurts me. That hurts me. But when you invite me back in, oh, man, I'll lift you up. I'll lift you up when you invite me back in. Being humble doesn't mean you walk in security and insecurity or lack confidence. But it's a lifestyle of knowing you need God and other people to accomplish your assignments in life. Let me say that one more time. Being humble doesn't mean you walk in insecurity or lack confidence, but it's a lifestyle of knowing you need God and other people to accomplish your assignments in life. So how do we combat pride? How do we combat this this pride that we're talking about. And I'm going to give you about five ways to combat pride. The first way is to seek humility. In 1 Peter 5, 6, it says, if you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. So we got to leave the timing in his hands. The second part is to examine yourselves. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Oof. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test? 2 Corinthians 13, 5. You might want to write that one down. The third one is to be mindful that this isn't a works-based gospel. Because... When we're working for something, that's where pride starts to come in because we feel like we did something and we earned something. But Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. 
so that no one may boast. Seek to serve rather than to be served. The path to promotion comes by having the heart of a bond slave who serves everyone. For even the son of man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life as a ransom price for the salvation of many. That's in Mark 10, 44. And then I will also say to take up his yoke. And if you ever look at an image of being equally yoked with the father, it's beautiful. If you see, I don't even know what you call them, two cows, two bulls, what are they? Oxen. I knew that. I knew that. That was there. <laughs> but when you look at it and you actually see them unequally yoked, it looks kind of painful. It looks kind of painful. And the Lord's saying, would you take up my yoke? And there's, this is not like a, you know, step-by-step process of any sort. This is just a few ways that I've learned for myself. How do I identify if there's pride in my life? Or how do I identify if there's anything yucky in there? Because can I tell you, when I have people over my house and there's a prideful moment, I might, I might say to my friend Elijah, I might be like, listen, man, I had this prideful moment. And he's like, oh, what happened? I'm like, man, I don't know. Did I send this text message to this individual? And I just felt like pride was there, and it's disgusting. I don't like it. I don't like it. He said, well, what did you do next? I'm like, oh, this is a great question. What did I do next? <laughs> well, I was like, well, Lord, I don't, I don't like this. Could you just take it away? I don't want these moments to pop up in my life anymore. And then I just kept it moving because that's all I needed to do. I identified it. I realized it. I'm not going to let it bog me down for the rest of the day. But the point is, is that I know that it's there. I sought the Lord. I repented and I kept moving forward. And I even confessed it to a brother. You know, and this was actually like two weeks ago. And so I'm not just speaking this because I've dealt with it or I'm not I'm done dealing with it. I'm speaking to it to you because I believe there's something to impart to you. If I if I never dealt with it, I don't feel like I've 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 like going through this over and over and over again. Then all I'm speaking to you is knowledge. And I don't want to just give you a bunch of words. I feel like there's something to impart to you to identify this in your life and to kick this thing, but also to not give the enemy a foothold in your life. Because when you're prideful, it's going to block your portal. You can't hear correctly. You can't hear efficiently is a better way to put it when there's pride in your life. Because you start to base things off of that format of pride. Like, Someone says something to you and like pride is right there. It's like right in your face. I remember one time someone said to me, oh, I want to impart this to you. And I was like, who the heck is this person? What are you going to impart to me? Listen, I don't know if some of you have been in that position, but I'm telling you, because in my mind, outwardly, my flesh is like, it doesn't look like you got much to give me. This is a real situation. I had to confess to, to, to my wife and another individual that was there, and I was like, man, I, I, that was pride. I don't ever want to think like that. But guess what? It took me like 20 minutes to actually catch it. I could have just kept on going, and shoot, they saw pride before I did. They ain't nobody telling me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, it's, it's, it's a real thing. These things pop up and I'm just sharing these things with you guys. So, because I know that there's people in the room that have thought the same exact thing, the same exact thing. 
because we just felt like we were just so far ahead of everybody else that, man, what are you giving part to me? Are you kidding me? You know who I am? Wow. Hey. <laughs> You've lost your mind. But yeah, these things are so real. I'm telling you, when you start operating in your gifts and you're flowing and you're just like, wow, like this is amazing. All these people are getting healed. I'm giving words of knowledge. Did you see that person get laid out? I touched their head and they just folded backwards. It was nuts. And then someone's like, man, I want to impart this to you. I just pray that you would have this uh, amazing gift of like deliverance and healing for someone. I'm like, did you see what I just did? It's crazy. Uh, this is real life stuff. This stuff has happened to me and I've had to knock this thing down. I've had to wrestle with this thing and just be like, oh, no, 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 no. This isn't the Lord. I got to throw this thing in the trash. When these thoughts come, I got to take them captive. I got to throw them in the garbage. This is junk. It's disgusting. I don't like it and I don't want it. Amen. Come on, somebody. I love it. <laughs> Matthew 5, 3 says, blessed and spiritually prosperous and happy to be admired are the poor in spirit. Those devoid of spiritual arrogance, those who regard themselves as insignificant, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven both now and forever. Just a beautiful scripture that I, I believe just speaks for itself, speaks for itself. Now, we heard the story of King Nebuchadnezzar but I want to tell you how he was restored. And Daniel 4.37 says his pride ended up being replaced with humility. He says, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven for all his works are right and his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. <laughs> king Nebuchadnezzar had a revelation of what was going on. He had a revelation of his pride. And he's like, oh my God, God, you are so good. You are so good. Can I tell you, when I began to recognize what pride was in my life, guess what happened? Can I tell you when my discs were herniated, both of them are straight now? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Can I tell you when I found out I had an STD? Can I tell you I've been healed of all STDs? Thank you, Jesus. I've never had an outbreak ever again in my life because I came to this place when I said, oh, my God, I need you, Lord. I recognize who you are. I recognize that, man, I've been prideful. I've recognized that I've been doing a whole lot of me, 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 me. And the Lord came in and he began to heal me of these things. Can I tell you that, man, when I recognized pride, it was no longer about making a disciple. It was about the person that was in front of me and loving the hell out of them so that they can see the light that is inside of me who is Christ. That's what it was about. But it wasn't until then that I was restored. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. You're telling me that all I have to do is humble myself? When my discs were herniated and I was miserable, I'll never forget the day I was in my living room. My wife said, get up, you're healed. We were in front of our friend Max and Eleanor. I said, what you talking about? She said, get up, you're healed. I'm like, I don't feel healed. My back is killing me. And she began to weep. And she said, that's your problem. You believe in healing for everyone else but yourself. Can I tell you that's pride? 
man, that changed my life. Not only was it embarrassing because we were in front of friends, but (laughs) (laughs) it it was God. Like, he used it, and I woke up completely healed. And then I had an MRI, and my discs are completely straight. They were snapped like Oreo cookies, y'all. There was cream filling coming up, hitting my sciatic nerve, and I was like, ay, (laughs) walking around like, I'm serious. This was crazy. This was crazy. But it wasn't until then. It wasn't until then. Man, I had to come into this low place, and I'm like, wow, God, you are amazing. You are amazing. Can I tell you that the Lord is saying the higher that reunion goes, the lower we need to posture our heart. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High. I'm not telling you that you're not going to dine with kings and and queens and and all that jazz because you will. You need to believe that you will. But what I am saying is you need to stay low in your heart posture towards God. Never try to elevate yourself and put yourself in a seat where you start saying things that people are looking at you like, what is wrong with that individual? Well, you just you just start thinking that your words are just so dead on accurate when you're prophesying over people that you're never wrong. When someone says that you I'm sorry that that word was just off, you say, "Okay, well, I just bless you anyways. (laughs) You don't need to be perfect or be accurate with what you're saying or what you're doing. Or if someone confronts you because they don't like the way that uh, you approach them, you love that person. You walk that out with that person. You don't have to always correct someone and say, well, I just just agree with with everything you're saying. The Lord is telling us as a body of Christ, we need to stay low the higher that we go. Because we already know, we've heard Sam talk about, we heard Gary, we heard Gary, we heard Tori, we heard Rachel. We heard all these people talk about, man, the Lord is doing amazing things in this place. This this room is going to be beyond filled. The seats are going to be full. The sides are going to be full. And and that's going to be amazing. But people are going to know us by our love, not our pride. They're going to know us by our love and not our pride. And it's so key. It may sound so simple, but it's actually very difficult for a lot of us. I believe that. I believe that. Because as I was praying and the Lord was showing me, he's like, man, this is a word that needs to be delivered. And before you deliver it, guess what you get to do, Shane? You get to tell them some of your nasty stuff. Like, I want to do that. But can I tell you, if you're only sharing the good things about yourself, you're probably prideful. But if you could share some of these hard and yucky things, you've probably been set free, and you're probably in a better place. You're probably in a better place. So why is pride sinful? Pride is giving ourselves the credit for something that God has accomplished. Pride is taking the glory that belongs to God alone and keeping it for ourselves. Pride is essentially self-worship. Anything we accomplish in this world would not have been possible were it not for God enabling and sustaining us. 1 Corinthians 4, 7 says, what do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you, you did not? And so this is why we give God the glory, because he alone deserves all of it, all of it. So my question to you is, the higher you go, are you actually staying low? And, you know, sometimes staying low looks like I need to start inviting people to my house. I need to start breaking bread with strangers and get out of this routine of just just 
I just love the people who love me. The Lord clearly says, don't just love people who love you. That's easy to do. Once you start loving on some people that you don't know who love you, invite somebody to, that's in, sitting in the room that you're next to. You say, hey, listen, now, you know, I just seen you. I just want to get to know you some more. Staying low may look like confessing your sins one to another. Yeah, if you want to check your heart, when's the last time you've done that? Just like, man, I just got to get this out. I got to confess to you. I got drunk the other night. Yeah. I was watching porn and I, I don't know. Yeah. I have I've been having these lustful thoughts in my mind towards men or towards women and I just got to get that out. In fact, I went and bought a pack of cigarettes and I smoked the whole pack in a day just because I was stressed out. If you want to stay low, I guarantee you when you begin to open up your mouth and you begin to expose what the enemy wants to keep you bound in, something's going to take place. What we just did in the beginning of service by those individuals that were coming up here and even declaring over them, I can guarantee you, maybe not all of them will get free if I'm just being honest because some people are going to slip. But I can guarantee you that today is the day of breakthrough for many of them because they're actually going to apply it. We can sit here and we can wait and wait and wait on the Lord. It's a great song. But the Lord is like, man, I need you to apply what I've already told you to do. I need you to apply it. Yeah, so would you guys stand with me? Man, he's so good. Can I tell you that freedom looks good on you? Freedom looks good on you. And I just, I just declare that today is the day that all forms of pride is confronted in your life. Confronted in your life. You know, so often we come to church, we hear the word, we're like, yeah, that was a great word. But I'm asking you today to ask the Lord to open the eyes of your heart and show you if there's pride and where there's pride. And I'm going to even propose that most of us, there is pride. There is pride. But where, where, where is it and what is it? We need to ask the Lord for that. We need to ask the Lord. So let's just ask the Lord to open the eyes of our heart in this very moment and show us ourselves. Show us ourselves. Yeah. So Holy Spirit, right now in this moment, we just come to you. We just come to you. Because there's things in our lives that we're completely unaware of. There's things that we're doing that has just been so in the routine of just day after day after day. And we're used to and we're comfortable with doing these things, saying these things, watching these things, whatever it may be. But in this very moment, I pray that you would go into every heart in the room. Unlock the door right now. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. And, and I see the Lord. He's unlocking the door of rooms in your heart, and there's these words that are coming rushing out. And the words is what it's, he's going to speak to you exactly what it is that's inside of your heart in this very moment. You don't need to pay attention to me. You can close your eyes. You don't need to look at me. It's, it has nothing to do with me. This is a moment for you. Thank you, Jesus.
if you know what that thing is that the, the Lord just is sharing with you in this moment, I want you to just put it in your hand. I want you to put it in your hand. Yeah, he's not ready yet. There's there's still some people that are trying to figure out, Lord, what is this? What is this form of pride in my life that I need to get rid of? I'm telling you right now, there's going to be another level of anointing and gifting that is going to fall on some individuals when they let go of this. There's going to be a castle of open doors that is going to open up in your life when you let go of this. People are going to see you differently. There's going to be a new light, a new glow on you when you let this thing go. It's the very thing that actually has been allowing this like rottenness to kind of like build up in your body. For some of you, this might sound crazy. For some of you, it's the very reason why like pain and headaches and torment has been in your bodies is because we've been holding on to this for far too long and the Lord just wants to release it. So when you have that thing, what we're going to do is, is you're going to ball it up in your hand like it's a piece of paper. You're going to ball it up. And you just ball that thing up. Oh, yeah, baby. We're about to launch this thing. <laughs> we're about to launch this thing. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. So does everyone got, does everyone, whoever has it, not everybody is going to have something. If you have it, hold it up in your hand, hold it up in your hand right now. I know this might seem a little cheesy, but this is an activation. This is real life. We're about to launch this thing like Fred the Flintstone. Yeah, we're about to launch this thing because for some of us, it's big. For some of us, it may be a little small, but some of us is real big and we need to, we need to launch this thing. It's not coming back. We're not going to go back and pick it up either. Yeah, we're not going back and we're not going to pick it up because it's too heavy. It's too heavy. So on the count of three, we're going to throw it. Don't punch anyone behind you. Some of you are ready to wind up. <laughs> we're going to throw this thing. You guys ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Yeah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's gone for good. Thrown into the sea of forgetfulness thrown into the sea of forgetfulness did you catch that it's in the sea of forgetfulness so forget it forget it it's gone it's trash and it's garbage so lord we just thank you for tonight that pride and all pride from here on out will be identified it will be exposed we will repent we will turn away from it we will uh we will be notified by friends or family and we're open to anyone that is going to come into our life and see a blind spot we're open to receive any form of criticism or feedback and we're going to receive it with love and we're going to bring it back to you and we're just going to lay it at your feet we're going to lay it at your feet because that's all we need to do that's all we need to do in Jesus' name. Come on. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah. He's so good. Mm. I just feel the Lord just saying, you're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. Even for the men, I, it's kind of funny. I just feel like it's, you're, you're so handsome. <laughs> 
<laughs> Some of you have been longing to hear the simplicity of you're so beautiful and you're so handsome. Can I tell you today in the mall, there was an individual who had his finger cut off and he had his hand tucked away. And I was with brother Isaiah. He had his hand tucked away like this. And I walked up to him and I said, the Lord says your hand is beautiful. And you've been hiding that hand for a long time. And he went like this. He opened up his hand. He said, wow. He, could, he didn't, couldn't even speak. Isaiah tell you, he was like, uh, 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 that, 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 that's deep. <laughs> so he said, he was like, that's deep. And I was like, man, I know you've been hiding that hand for a long time, but that hand is beautiful. His hand opened up. He went from here to here, put his hand out just like that. So I don't know what you needed to hear or why any of you needed to hear that, but those words carry weight. They carry weight. Can I tell you that same man whose hand opened up, he is in a wheelchair. And while he's in that wheelchair, Isaiah and I begin to pray for him after about a 10 minute, maybe 15 minute conversation. We begin to pray for him and Isaiah says, do you, so do you wanna, you wanna walk? You wanna stand up? He says, I mean, yeah. Said, okay, so let's do it right now. Let's walk, let's get up. Can I tell you this man, this is like something you, you hear straight out of the Bible where the woman who had the spirit of infirmity, Jesus said, <laughs> Jesus just told her to be healed and she just snaps right up, right? It didn't say she gradually, she just snapped right up. So he said, okay, we saw him get up. And I was like, come on, you want me to help you? He said, no, 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 this is the real test because I can't stand up by myself. This is the real test. So he comes down. And he's, he's, he's sitting here, he said, he's like this, he's like, whoa, oh, 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 brah, oh, oh, brah. And you know, when you're so Christian, you're like, you serious? Did that just happen? Are you serious? He's like, oh, oh, brah, I couldn't, whoa, oh, praise God. Praise God. That's the kind of God that we serve. He's so unexpected, but he's so ready and willing to just do the beautiful things, to just do the beautiful things. So we just bless you guys tonight and everyone who has been watching online as well. Jesus loves you. He calls you beautiful. He calls you handsome. And he's just like, man, I just want to join you in every moment of your life, every moment of your life before you leave. Would you say hi to somebody that you don't know? Because sometimes we get into this routine where we just want to, you know, come to church and then we leave. But there's so many people we don't know. Can we be the body of Christ? Can we be the body of Christ and actually get to know the people that are around us? Let's not come to church every Sunday and, and just high five our little cliques and our little crews. Like, no, there's so many people here your blessing might be the person behind you or in front of you. Yeah. So we just bless you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. For more teaching like this, subscribe to this podcast. If you would like more information about Reunion Hawaii Church, 
Our website is ReunionHawaii.com. If you're in Honolulu, join us Sundays at 5, live at Kahalama. Aloha.